Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with Jay LaGuardia. No, I got that right now. Jay is a chiropractor, and I still have to tell the joke. I can't. He's well-adjusted. I, I can't. I can't. I got to do it no matter what. Uh, <laughs> and has dedicated more than 30 years of his life teaching people and finding balance in their family, fitness, finances, and their businesses. He is passionate in empowering you to ignite your dreams. I love that. And accelerate prosperity. Jay, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today. Bill, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you. What was your serendipity? What was your accident? What was your coincidence in life? I know there's many, but you didn't wake up one day and became a chiropractor and, and do all this stuff at helping people and empowering others. What was that one thing? I know there's many, but what was that one major thing in their life that happened that going, I'm going this way? I always said, you know, for most people who have found success in life, usually we turn our mess into our message. And that's what happened for me. So to take you back, our family went through a, an incredibly traumatic divorce, which many families do, but this one was, it perhaps took the cake. It became case law at Seton Hall University. Oh my God. It had all the, yeah, all the earmarks of a lifetime movie, attempted murder and kidnapping and in extortion and all that fun stuff like that. And as you can imagine, as a child in particular, I was a very young child, very traumatic, uh, specifically as it relates to, you know, uh, there's a sense of abandonment and lack of worthiness and a lot of anger. We, um, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram, which is a personality typing. I'm an eight Enneagram, which simply means a driver personality, but I'm fueled when I'm stressed into anger. And so this anger really started to percolate into my teen years, my early 20s, where it nearly cost my new marriage and my family, my business. And my wife said to me, she goes, you got to get some help. We're not going to make it. And I didn't want to repeat you know, the patterns of the past from what my family went through. In fact, I, I made a commitment to myself. I wouldn't allow that to happen, but I was repeating it. And that was a wake-up call. And, and you know, again, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And fortunately, shortly thereafter, a coach and mentor came into my life. And we sat down and we had this conversation, reluctantly, by the way. You know, I thought I could figure it out on my own, but, you know, 27 years at that point, hadn't done so. He said to me, tell me what's going on. And I told him everything, you know, and it was a very cathartic experience. And I felt like finally someone's going to tell me what I needed to do, right? Quote, do. And he, when I was done, I said, uh, are you there? Because it was a dead silence on the other side of the line. And he said, uh, I know exactly what your problem is. And I'm like, great, tell me. He said, your life and your business is waiting for a leader to show up and it's not you. Ooh. And at that moment, it was the that was the first time someone actually held me accountable for my own behavior. Whoa. And what it did was is it brought into light that my choices, the decisions I made, have led me to this point. It was no one else's fault. Wow! I could say, yeah, look at look at my background, look where I came from, look at the crappy relationship I had with my dad, so on and so forth. But really. It made me look up and say, I'm responsible. And therefore, if I'm responsible, 
I need to take ownership and begin to make changes in my life. And that's what really started this journey and what I'm so passionate about teaching other people because, you know, I'm a simple guy. I'm not the brightest guy. I don't have any special skills or talents. What I do have is a lot of hard work, grit, and determination. And when I'm onto something, I'm fully onto it. So I, I really took this personal development stuff very seriously, and it literally changed my life in any, every possible imaginable way. I'd say I love the story, but you know what I mean. You know, everybody's got a story, and yours just happened to be on steroids, and it uh, it's something that affects us. Uh, in ways that we don't know. And when you're confronted with them, the first thing you want to do is lash out. I don't have a problem. You have the problem. You caused my problems. You understand what you did to me is my problem. I have no responsibility for it. Whatever you did, da, 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 X, Y, Z, doesn't matter. It's all, and it stays there. So then you go, like you said, to the next generation and you was like, I don't want to bring this to my marriage. And said, your wife's like, you're bringing it because you don't know it. You don't know what you don't know about yourself. You, when somebody comes up and goes, Jay, I see this in you. You're, you're amazing. You're, you're, you can do this. You can accomplish this, but you can, you can just go, I don't know what you're talking about. I can, I'm, I'm divorced. I came from, I, this is my second marriage. This is my only marriage left. Uh, this was the right person. The first person wasn't wrong. Uh, we loved each other. We had a couple of kids together, but it just didn't work out. But when I got married again, I had a lot of stuff in my mind. I had I'm like, I, I just was waiting for my wife to leave. You're going to leave, right? You're just going to leave? I'm like, it's like no, I'm not going to leave. And it's all these things in your mind that you've got, it, you know, you have these written folders. It, it doesn't matter about the story. It's all this stupid stuff. And, you know, it wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning. And, and, and again, you, you have to have people in your life that are mentors, friends. I'd rather have one person that's positive for me than a hundred people around my neck. But you had a God wink. You had something, that's I call a God wink. You somebody come up to you and go, I need help. I said, I know what your problem is. Your business and your family is looking for a leader. So from there, and you had the realization, obviously didn't flip on like a light switch quickly, or did it? How did that happen? Where is that? That happened. What? What? Because when you get rid of those blockages, doors open and suddenly you feel like a light coming down from, from above. What, what happened? It's a pretty incredible story. You know, again, you, when you're at rock bottom, and your mind and heart is open to all possibilities. It's amazing. You called about the God wink. You know, I, I call divine inspiration, same thing. These things that occur. I'll never forget this. Early on in practice, my wife and I would take Tuesdays off. And so we had some time together because, you know, we we're starting a brand new business. And, uh, you know, it's not only my wife and, you know, the mother of my kids, but also my business partner. So a lot of strain on that relationship. And I, I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday and, and, you know, I was, you know, still going through this process, experienced a lot of depression. She said, you know, let's go grab a coffee and let's go to the bookstore and uh, get a book for our daughter because that was our ritual. We'd like to read it at night. And reluctantly, I decided to go. But here's the thing that happened. We went to a Borders bookstore. I'll never forget this. This was in 1993. And we walked into the bookstore and it was like the hand of God touched me and moved me through this bookstore to this specific section in the bookstore, which I had not visited previously, to this specific aisle, the bottom of the shelf. And at the bottom of the shelf, <laughs> oh, again, my dude, 1993, right, was a cassette tape by Deepak Chopra on healing benefits of meditation. 
Wow. So, okay, I got the message. I took it. <laughs> I purchased it. I went home. Put in my walk, man. I know I'm aging myself, but it's 30 <laughs> years ago, right? It is what it is, man. Yep. And I and I started to listen to this this cassette. And he talked about the process of meditation. And I have known about meditation. I was intrigued by meditation. But this was God's way of saying, this is going to be one of the tools that's going to help you to heal and process your anger. And it did. And I started to meditate each and every day. And literally within 90 days, literally, this is true. Everyone around me began to notice a difference. Again, right inside yourself, you feel it, but you don't know other people can see it. And they began to see the different projection, the different energy I was bringing into the world. And they started saying, man, what's different about you? And that moment I said, you know what, if this works, then these other habits that my coach was teaching me probably work as well too. So that really was, okay, I'm all in. And I started to implement all these other things as well. When my parents died, um, my mom died from cancer and a few months later, my dad died. And uh, I'm in the opposite mm. realm with parents. So uh, they were together for 65, married for 65 years, together for about 70. And they were great, but it, it's, it's, I was very spoiled with that. Don't worry about it, everybody. I've got my own issues. <laughs> Everybody's got something, right? It's not like one thing right. is good that nothing else is. But when I, I had what, the task to empty out their, their condo and I'm emptying the books out, emptying the books out. And you know how you're watching a movie and it's in black and white and suddenly some one color thing comes out. Well, I brought this book out and it was kind of like blackish and had a moon on it. So called God Winks by Squire Rushnell. Never heard of the man, never saw the book in my life. I'm there by myself. I'm still getting chills thinking about it. Open the book, and on the little left side of the book says, "This is not a coincidence that you're opening this book today." I'm like, "Whoa," you know. And I kept reading on about it, and and that's what set me off to the philosophy of Ajnoy, to empowering others, mm. uh, to 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 understanding the the higher learning of myself with my inner knowing and my my soul knowledge, knowledge of my soul, the universal mind, spirits and angels, discovery, waking, transformation, serendipities, accidents, coincidence. That's what this philosophy is all about. And it sounds like you had the same. Type, you call it different, and it's, it's fine, but when you transform that energy into something from a negativity to positivity, you don't see it. You think you feel a little bit, but suddenly the energy from your whole being becomes, I don't know, light. It looks like you have a suntan or something. You know what I mean? It just looks like you constantly have energy coming directly, and you are not the first one that notices it. Uh, when I've asked my my wife about it, because I started speaking on this philosophy, this system, in March of 2023, but I was already kind of getting it to the perfection. It's never per perfect, but you know, so I could communicate to people. And somebody asked at one of my seminars, said, uh, "Oh, you're his wife. It's nice to meet you. Have you seen a difference?" Because he mentioned there was a difference, but he didn't see. It. She said, "Day and night." Now, the differences are so slight to me. But to the rest of the world, the friends and your family and your loved ones is monumental. And then suddenly, physical things, little stupid things, a stomach ache, a headache, a stiffness. Did you notice any physical, I mean, you're a doctor, so you're very aware of this already. Did you notice any physical impairments, things that were going on with you that either subsided or went away? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is absolutely. Prior to this, you know, that serendipitous awakening, uh, I was experiencing panic attacks. I'd never experienced those in my life. I didn't know what the hell they were. I'll never forget the first, the first time I experienced that was literally in my practice. 
and my heart started to race. I thought it was going to jump out of my chest. My skin was crawling. My palms were sweaty. Like I needed to get, I was, I was in, I was in a stage 10, level 10 of fight, fight or flight, right? And I needed to flight. I needed to get out of there. And I knew physiologically what was going on, but you're not rational at that point in time because part of the fight or flight experience is not about ration. It's about self-preservation, right? Get away from the the screaming tiger or the the bear that's about to attack. It doesn't matter whether you can do the Pythagorean theory, uh, you know, it it doesn't really care. It doesn't really care whether it's digesting your breakfast. It's just get as much blood into your extremities to move you away from that, uh, away from that threat. Right. And, you know, again, logically, I'm, I'm not thinking in a, in a manner which, you know, I can deduct because, you know, I was a healthy guy. I work out all the time. So I knew I wasn't having a heart attack, but I was thinking I'm having a heart attack anyway. <laughs> so I was having these, ex- these spells, I would call them. And here's what I come to realize, Philip, is this is, and, and again, this is my experience. So for those of you out there who experience panic attacks, anxiety attacks, they are real. Okay, I'm not saying they're not real, but what I learned for me, right? Because I went to the MD, I saw a psychiatrist and a psychologist and all that crap, and none of it worked, right? right? None of the drugs helped. I mean, don't get me wrong, Xanax helps in the sense of feeling you can't, but it's not the solution. I didn't wake up one day lacking Xanax, right? Okay, <laughs> right? I just didn't. Yes. What it was, Phil, was very simple. It was this. I had this unresolved emotional injury I have not dealt with, and my body was screaming, you have to deal with this, because if you don't deal with the emotional issue, you're going to deal with it physically. So it was physical manifestation of an underlying psychological issue. Yeah. And once I dealt with, I haven't had one since, and that's been 30 years. So yes, to your question, a, a lot changed physically too. Well, because it's, it's uh, I had one, uh, it was a family issue. And when I got to the hospital, it was like two in the morning. I said, we got to go. And uh, he asked me a question because all everything was fine. And I've been in the medical field a long time. I'm not a doctor, but I've learned a lot over the years. I've been around over 30 years in the business. So you ask a lot of questions. Worked at the University of Chicago for many years. And, you know, you, you know, you learn, you learn. And, and I'm like, so what was wrong? It's like you had a panic attack. A panic attack? Mm. I never had one. And he goes, when you were lying on your bed and you started worrying about this, did you hear your heartbeat in your ear when you were on your side of your head and the pillow? I go, yeah. He goes, that's a panic attack. I go, I didn't know that. Now, I realized, didn't realize it, but I realized I can't have that again. And I know what the cause was. It wasn't the person, it was me. Because you can't change anybody. You're talking about things you go through in your life. You know, I had a divorce you had, you know, with the parents. And if it's not that, it's something else. There's always something, whether it's, sure. you define it as bigger or, or little. And those things hold us back. And when you realized it was... <laughs> What did you say, you know, with the, it's like, I didn't wake up in the morning going, I don't have my, my Xanax or however you said that it, it, it's in the mind. It might make you feel a little bit more calm. And if that works for you, go for it. But the, the underlying thing is, and you hit this so on, uh, on the mark, finding out I did X be, and how I got it there. Oh, great. Now I know you're still stuck with it. So when you're stuck mm-hmm. with it, what are some of the processes and procedures that you teach your clients, teach your people, everybody. And, and as a doctor, when you're talking to people, 
how do you teach people process and procedure? You need, I need to do A, B, and C. But somebody tells me, I was like, well, just go and have a beer with your friends. Great. And I lay down at bed, it starts all over again. You know, it, it's not going to drive it away trying to think about something else. So what do you do or what have you done for yourself and what do you do in your practice and your business to help people get past it, to deal with it in a, in a more of a, a procedural way? Constructive manner. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you bring that up because I experienced that as well too. What do we tend to do when we're in pain? We self-medicate. So whether it's taking an ibuprofen or a Xanax or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is to suppress the pain, right? I was experiencing, I was doing, I was using alcohol as a way. I didn't, I didn't, you know, fortunately get to the point where I was an alcoholic, but I knew I was abusing it to suppress pain. So the first part of it is the awakening part to realize why I was doing it. Okay, so now what do I do to actually deal with it in a positive and constructive manner? So my coach told me initially is you have to develop a, he goes, Jay, you work out, right? Yeah. You look at me and say, yeah, you work out all the time, right? He goes, yeah. So you know how to take care of your body, right? You have a routine that keeps you fit and healthy. And he said, why do you do that? I say, A, because I want to look good for my wife, right? I want to be here for my kids. I want to be able to, you know, go on hikes, do things with them and coach them. And I want to be here for my grandkids, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff why we, you know, spend our time and resources to exercise. He said, don't you think your mind deserves the same kind of commitment? I was like, whoa, I never thought of that, right? Because we're not taught that. It's not even in the realm of consciousness. No. So I call it mental gymnastics. I love it. So a morning routine to work on your mind, just like you would work on your body. 20 to 30 minutes to prepare yourself each and every day for success because success by nature doesn't happen randomly. It's by design and it's by intentionality. So I developed this morning routine, part of it being uh, meditation to work through the anger problems. I started to create a visualization routine, how I wanted my life to be with my wife, with my kids, in my business. I, I got to tell you a story about that too, because it's pretty remarkable. Okay. Um, and then I would journal. What I would do in the journaling part is, is I would express the feelings I was having. I wouldn't judge them. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know, sometimes the, the journaling was like, man, I'm just feeling so grateful today. Thank you, God, for all, you know, my kids, blah, 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 right? Or sometimes it was, God, you know, um, you know, I'm really anxious about this new business venture I'm, you know, I'm moving towards whatever it is, a journal. And I don't judge the words. I just let it flow from me. There's this cathartic experience of taking it from the mind and putting it on paper. And then what I learned, the next step was, is take that paper and throw it the hell out. Yes. <laughs> right. Because there's, there's this metaphorical experience like, okay, out of my head, on the paper, gone. I promised it. Yeah. It's a dump, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and then I also would include, I would do affirmations. And for your audience who, who doesn't know that an affirmation is, is, is a declarative statement of, of what I'm creating and who I'm becoming in my life, Dr. Wayne Dyer talked about an affirmation starts with I am. He said specifically, I am triggers the universal energy, divine energy that, you know, brings forth to you what it is that declarative statement is. So I am healthy. I am fit. 
I'm abundant. I attract great relationships. And when you do it with emotion, here's the key with an affirmation. It has to be, those words have to evoke an emotion. It's that emotion that opens the trap door from the subconscious, the, the conscious to the subconscious mind, which literally begins to rewire the subconscious mind to create new neural linkages, which breaks the old thought patterns, the old thought patterns, creating new habits and new thought patterns. Because my wife will tell you, the guy that she met 35, actually 37 years ago is a very different guy because I'm, I, I'm, I was very negative because from the environment that came in, now one of the most optimistic, positive people. That didn't happen by accident. There was those, these things that we put in place to do so. So to get back to your question, what I do with my clients is really get deep to under, help them understand is what are the limiting beliefs? What are their biggest fears that they're dealing with, right? And then give them the tools necessary and teach them how to implement these things. Because ultimately, all I can do is provide you the knowledge you have to do work. I had to do the work yeah. because ultimately it's going to come down to you. Yes. Yes. And everything shows over. It, it's, <laughs> it, well, because, you know, when I tell people, you know, I say, whatever you're going through in your mind, eventually it's going to go to your body. Now, this is my belief. This is my, yeah, this is my belief system. I believe arthritis, and I've read this many, many times, is is not necessarily an age thing. It's something of uh, some of you haven't communicated. Something I love Wayne Dyer. I've listened to him for years, and uh, he said some very amazing. And he had a not such a great childhood himself, and and he got through things, and he didn't do it, and didn't want to pass it on to to his children, as you were saying for yourself. And and when you you look into yourself, creating an image, putting on pencil to paper. The, the name of my musical is called Ajinoi Musical Philosophy, and the, the acts are Discovery, Awakening, Transformation. The whole idea is understanding where you come from, putting it on paper. I do it in music. I do it in my seminars. I'm doing it on this podcast show. Take this stuff. Everybody's got some kind of skill that you've been given, something that you've been that you're, that you're just denying that you're not going to use. I don't know what it is, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. And once you get connected to that, you talk to Jay. And he gets you, hey, LaGuardia, right? He, you take off in your life. Here you go. There you go. You can use that one. It's free. Uh, but it, I like it. But it's, it's the idea of understanding that you have to visualize. You have to visualize. That is the most important thing in the entire world. You have to visualize. Uh, I've worked most of my life in the corporate world. I've been doing this for about eight years. And it took me a long time to figure out where to go. But I had faith and belief. I had a plan. I did contracting work. I built up some cash. I didn't have any business. You know, all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't mortgage my home, my pension, my retirement plan. You got to have a plan. But to do that, you have to have a vision. First, mark it down. If it's negative, as Jay's saying, take it and go do the shredder. It makes you even feel better. You're shredding it out of your mind. Get rid of it. Throw it in, Don't throw it in the recycle bin. Throw it in the garbage because <laughs> you don't want to recycle. Yeah. But it's not an environmental statement. It's more of a mental psychic statement. But take that stuff that's positive and start imaging. One of my favorite buttons on my iPhone is airplane mode. I need to meditate. Before I went on this call, I've been starting to do it more and more for myself. I already uh, taught a class called Silence Meditation and Sleep, and I'm doing a lot of meditation. At, I'm going to do a meditation class this Sunday at my temple for the first time, and I'm doing it next year. I'm doing meditation class at our local health club here attached to the hospital, but I'm doing it myself now. I'm like, okay. So I lied down about a week ago on my mat in my basement. I turned all the lights down. No music, no nothing. And I, I swear I must have fallen asleep, but I really didn't. 
I was in my subconscious imaginational mind. I was imaging my world of Ajinoi, my soul knowledge of what I do. I mean, I have a waterfall. I have an ocean. I have a beach. I have a bridge. I have a fort. I got all sorts of imaging stuff. And when you start disconnecting from the negative and you just take that stuff out, your mind wants it more. And the more you do it, one of the things I want to ask you, this is great stuff. And I have people talking about it. That's what I love about the, doing this show. There's so many people that understand this and so many people that, that do it in their own way. What can you tell people about dedication? You, or whatever word you want to use, you have to be committed. This is not going to happen overnight. It's kind of like, you know, somebody asked me, said, well, you're saying that, you know, you, I, I want a new, I want a new uh, woman in my life, but I pray to God and God is forsaking me. I said, well, what are you doing to create that woman in your life? Well, I, I just say, God, I need a woman. I just sit down and, okay, what are you doing? Well, I'm watching movies and go with my friend and go, no, 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 no. Specificity. God needs specificity. Mark it down. Say how tall this is, how much education you want, money, blah, blah, blah. Get it very specific. And then you have to do an action. You can't just say, I want this and expect it to knock on the door like a movie and go, hey, how you doing, Jay? So what are those things that you, you tell people when they're going, you know, I tried it for two weeks. It's not working. Yeah. So let me tell you the number one reason why, and I'll use this term, some people you know, they think it's new age, but they don't manifest what it is that they desire. Absolutely. Okay. Here's the secret. Here's the, and not the secret, but, but a secret. Okay. It's this. I find that a lot of people are pretty good at figuring out what they want. Maybe not to the level of detail you and I are speaking about, which is really very important, but I have a fairly good idea. The reason that they don't get or attract the things that they want because there's a step that they're missing that they've never been taught. And here it is. You have to vibrate at the energy in which you want to create. So it's one thing to say, I want that super, you know, partner, this, this perfect mate, female, male, whatever it might be. But how is it going to make you feel to be in a relationship like that? How will that shift and change your life? What will you feel like each morning waking up next to this person? How will it change how you interact with the world? You see, when you pair the vision with the emotional experience of what it's going to be like when you have that in your life, it will come to you so quickly. It'll make your head spin. And here's the other thing. Here's the, here's the last part of that. You have to be open your own channels need to be open to the universal references, resources that are going to come your way that you can't even imagine are going to happen. So in other words, universally, you call it God or you call it the universe, whatever your listeners want to call it, I call it God. You're going to get divine inspirations for so many sources. And it may be that friend who says, hey, Philip, I'm going to uh, this book reading tomorrow night. Would you like to come to me? Like, what the hell do I want to go to that for? <laughs> but your dream gal is there. Bingo. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we have to be present and aware. You talk, you talk about consciousness. I, uh, so I talk about conscious awareness. The universe is constantly sending us messages. So, and it's also based on how we're vibrating. If our energies are low, low tone energies, fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, these are repelling energies. However, repelling from what you want, but still attracting similar energies back to you. 
So if you wonder why you continue to attract the same negative people into your life, it's because those are the dominant emotions you're putting out, whether you want to admit it or not, right? Taking responsibility for it, which we started this conversation with. Yep. So if you're projecting the right energies and tone to what it is that you want to attract, you've got to be aware of the messages that are coming to you because you may miss that opportunity that's right in front of your face. Well, again, you summed up a lot of good stuff. The show's over the second time now. But it's, uh, I, I just did a seminar on magnetic fields. And I said, as you know, in your magnetic fields, and, and I brought a magnet. And, and it's like, it's, is it a coincidence that two attracting poles repel, but opposites mm. attract? North and South Pole, day and night, on, off, up, uh, alive, death, born, go- anything you want to attach, anything. It's the way the world is, has been designed. And you really, you really have to be aware of the energy. And it's not, here's something. So I was in the x-ray business that I told you earlier. Can you see an x-ray? No, you can't see radiation. Yeah. It's an unforeseen colored spectrum of light. Can you see the signals coming into your, into your phone? No, it's an unforeseen colored spectrum of light. You can go on and on and on. There's so many. Don't trust what you see. Trust what, more what you don't see. And tr- when you don't see things, don't trust what people tell you. But if it's something they're going, hey, you want to come to a reading? Okay. I, my meeting canceled or I didn't go to dinner. Or I'm meeting whatever. Well, you know, question it. Ask, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to get out of this? And the worst thing you can go, there is no worse thing. Worst, there is no worse thing. So with the musical thing that's going on, about six, seven weeks ago, somebody was uh, a, a kind of a, a friend here in town. She's a book writer. And she's been taught about my musical, my philosophy for over a year. And I'm like, I tried to force getting the musical done. The audience has heard this before, but it's a lesson. When you force something, it never works. Everything fails. And when you're for it, just stop. So my friend said, do you know, you know, this, this, she asked me all these questions. I'm like, okay, no. So I stopped. So I went down the philosophy path, got that perfected and uh, well, always perfecting it. Right. But got it so I can communicate it and talk about it. And then the podcast show and everything else. So forward, fast forward to about a year, a little, about a little over a year later. She calls me, somebody in Hollywood's interested. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Hollywood what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard down the block? What are you talking So fast forward to that, you know, and now it's in um, getting it, talking to some executive producers, trying to get a script going, not trying, but I'm doing it. So all these things are happening. And it's more of like, if I didn't have that relationship with her, if she didn't really love what I was doing, and for whatever reason we connected, and now she's part of the team, we're, we're a team. Because you, you talked about it earlier, we well, talked about a lot of things, but earlier you're talking about you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. When somebody says, I'm a self-made XYZ, bull hockey, you did something. First of all, you had God, so you're not alone. Second of all, God gives you people, and you're right, that attractive field. We're talking, going back to fields of energy. When you negate those negative energies, now you're open to the positive energies. And if you keep putting yourself in that positive energy with positive people around you, I've eliminated all negativity. Fill in the blank, whatever negativity is for you. I don't go down that road. Whatever the negativity, whether it's people or things you listen to or people you watch or things you read, get rid of it. Because if for over 2,000 years in this planet, when has man's and humanity of man ever been good? Never. And it's never going to change. You know, we're saying, oh, this is the worst time ever. We're dead. Your ch- kids are going to go, this is the worst time ever. And oh, oh, after oh, over and over again. So creating those things, being aware, get a, 
get a a, a, a guru, a, a mentoring group, a, 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 your wife, your friend, your whatever it is in your life. Get somebody there that says, you can do it. You're going on. You're doing really well. And do that imaging work. You, were, you know, you were talking about manifest, manifestation. It's true. If you look at it, you already, everybody's manifested. When you were born, you didn't know how to go to the bathroom. You learned it. You manifested it. When you didn't, when you didn't know how to walk, you didn't know how to run, you didn't know how to skip, you didn't know how to do math, you, you manifested because you're like, I'm learning this. You just manifested it. So when somebody says, I can't take change, I go, then you should have been dead when you were born because life is <laughs> all change. There's yes. nothing in life that you don't change on. There's constant. I can't do, we go to Pilates, we do swimming, I do stretches. I'm learning, you know, different things to keep my, you know, the hips and the body and the, you know, the hamstrings and all that. Am I, you know, am I doing it 24 hours a day? Do I? No. But I know that there's certain things I can do and there's certain things I can't do. There's certain things I could do when I was younger. Do I sit there going, oh boy, no. I just go, well, I can't do that. I'll do this. You know, and it, it's, it's just a matter of fact of once you train your subconscious imaginational mind, as I call it, but it's a subconscious mind. Uh, Einstein said, uh, imagination is the preview of coming attractions. He was great. I love his stuff. Preview of coming mm -hmm. attractions? Because this stuff had to be created. With, oh, the creation of the computers. I'm like, really? How about planes, cars, pencils, shoes, socks, belts, shoelaces? Somebody had to invent this stuff. Somebody had to come through imagination. It was a need. So find out where you are. Talk with Jay. Talk with me. Talk with anybody. Get a relationship going. Listen to these shows because the, the Conscious Communication Podcast show, yes, I want it informative, but I want people to be enlightened. I want people to get something out of this. If nobody's getting out of this, I'm just another person in the millions of voices just talking. I want people to learn, and that's why I love this show. So I'm going to go back to see if I can actually talk about some of the questions, which is I never get to. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Unlocking your passion and your purpose or positive mindset. Which one would you like to go down? Well, let's talk about it. Kind of one of the same, I talk about the three reality creation gifts that we have. Go. And so one being our passions, right? Which is our desires that we all have um, that cause us to pursue these things. This is what, you know, fuels us to get up in the morning and be excited about life. And, and by the way, if you're not, it means that you're disconnected to your passion. And so... This is a perfect time of the year to take inventory is, you know, I talk about there's three types of people, right? There's those that are evolving, revolving, and evolving. Ooh, let me explain. So, so devolving is we are talking, unfortunately, this, this, this percent continues to get higher and higher and higher. Uh, this is about 25% of the population where they're doing nothing mentally, physically, or spiritually to grow themselves. They're in a, they're in a rapid state of de-evolution. Mm. And the end result of that is death, right? Because we're dying inside of us. We're losing that passion, that energy. We're losing, you know, the fuel that makes life worth living. And it's just a rapid decline. And personally, that's a good percent. And then there's this, this evolution, uh, a revolution state. And this is where most of us fall, about 65% of the population. And this is the hamster wheel of life, right? We're just revolving day in and day out, right? It's Groundhog Day. And we get up each day, we do the same thing without any conscious thought because most of us live, right, in a reticulator, reticulating activating system, which is 90% of all behavior occurs repetitively without any conscious thought. Exactly. Well, there's, 
there's no juice of life there. Okay. So again, if you get up each day on this hamster wheel and you're <laughs> feeling what and and you're frustrated, you're you're in that revolution state. Now the next progression is you go to de-evolution. So now that you know it, you can then make a conscious choice to move to evolution. And that's only about 10% of the population. It may be less than that, but that was the last numbers that I had seen. What that means, these are people who consciously have a plan of growth. So here we are, December. They have a plan for their life next year. They have a plan to improve their relationships. They have a to improve their financial uh, position in life, to help other people in life. They have improve, a plan to improve their health. They have a plan. They're evolving and growing. Now, let me tell you this. The evolving group is way much more fun than the other two groups. <laughs> so as you're taking stock where you are right now, think of and ask yourself, where are you in, in, that, in those three? So let me get back to it. Passion. If you're not if you feel like you're on that, that revolving wheel, you've lost your passion. You have to reconnect with your passion. Your passions live with inside you. So what do you need to do? You need to take time and take stock, right? right. What excites you? If you can get up tomorrow and do it, irregardless of whether it pays your bills or not, what would it be? If you can spend 90% of your day doing this one thing, and it could be service of others, and obviously that could fall under a plethora of categories, right? What would that be? And then the second re, uh, re, uh, creation gift we have is our imagination. You and I just spent a lot of time, so I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it. But the mind can't tell the difference between an actual event and one vividly imagined in great detail. What does that mean? <laughs> it means your mind is a blank canvas. Yep. And you are the Michelangelo. That's right. You can create whatever you want in your life. The only thing that limits you is your ability to think beyond what you can see. Not the horizon, but what's beyond the horizon. Yep. And the more you can take and fill in this, this canvas, you know, in colors and, you know, in clarity of, of thought, uh, using your senses, your, your, not just your sight, but your tactile, your smell, your touch. The more you can do that, the more real it becomes. And then the third part of that is what I mentioned and referenced earlier. It's the emotion. So when you're passionate about something, you're clear on what it is that you want, and you match the emotion of those of the previous two, you have yourself everything you need to achieve and attract anything you can possibly desire. And I do mean anything, dot, 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 dot. The passions, imagination, and emotions. Yeah, it's it's you have to feel it. If you want something, feel it. Feel the emotion. Close your eyes. Open your eyes. I've, for me, because I've created this philosophy of Ajanoi, the soul knowledge, knowledge of your soul, the whole thing, uh, discovery, awakening, transformation, all this stuff, blah blah blah. I'm practicing it all the time. Now, does that mean I don't? I'm not stupid head sometimes. Of course, I'm stupid head all the time because I go into that conscious informational mind. I dig it out. And, and that, that, that folder opens up, because I used to think we had thousands and thousands of folders controlling us. No, I think it's about 10 or 20 of them. And it just, then they all look differently along the way in your life. And you just pick that folder back out. Oh, it's this. Oh, that, oh, it's this. It looks a little different, but it's the same stupidity. 
I mean, you know, the audience has heard this about the blowing up of an egg in a brand new microwave, me yelling and swearing at the uh, microwave, my wife going, are you done? It goes, you're not practicing anything you're telling everybody, getting yelling and screaming at an inanimate <laughs> object. But it's okay because I'm human. But right. what's, what's more important is, is to me at least, and what you're saying, I love what you're saying about it, all this stuff, because it's, it's so true. It, when you're doing something and you're aware and you have a process, you have the procedure, you know, that you do every morning, you do your pride, do pray and meditation all the time myself. I'm constantly doing stuff. But when I realize it and I'm going off in that, you think it's uncontrollable, but it isn't. And I can't use that excuse anymore, especially in front of my wife or, or my kids are all grown up. And if they come, it's like, no, dad, you can't say that. Or my friend's going, wait a minute. So I always get called on that. But if you realize how much you, when you're doing it, yelling, screaming, headache, whatever that whole thing is, and you realize I don't have to do this. I realized just, I keep saying realize, but I had a big realization for myself this past week. When I say to myself, I'm tired or I got a head, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example, but just something I it's like, well, I don't feel so good. I'm like, well, why don't you feel so good? Do you feel so good because you didn't communicate something today? Are you holding something back? Did you not pray and meditate enough? Did you need to take a moment of quiet? I start asking questions about every single emotion that's coming through. One of the things I've noticed is when you're plugged in to your soul, when you're plugged in to God, cup of coffee, whatever you want to say, just like you said, whatever you call it is, you can call it Krishna, you can call it the force. But when you're plugged in and you realize these things, this for me, it's the coincidence, serendipities, accents. The, you want to come to that reading and you meet your partner or you meet the next business person or you get a new job or whatever it is. Be aware of those things. I'm so hyper plugged into when something happens and it pops in my head, call X, talk to so-and-so, say this. And it's very clear. I'm like, where did that come from? I'm aware that there's a reason for it. So you have to figure out, or, or the phone rings and that person's on the phone, or you get an email. It's like, I was just thinking of talking to you. Trust the instincts. God gave us instincts. We don't trust them. We were told to turn our instincts and our imagination off when we were kids. Not that it's bad. We had to learn how to reading and writing and arithmetic and all this stuff. But because we were told to not use it, it's false. It doesn't work. It won't guide you. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And the next generation said you need to do X, Y, and Z. We were talking about you know the way we think. We're constant repetition, habits and routines, dog chasing the tail all the time. So if you want to get out of that habit or routine, just don't do it. I know it sounds, it sounds easy, but it, it, it tends not to be. Because if you wake up a certain way, because when I get up, I get out of bed, I go, well, thank you for the floor, God. Oh, look at that. Uh, I got toothpaste. Oh, I've got clean water. I've got some food. Oh, uh, thank you, God, for the plant. Thank you for the wall. It sounds ridiculously stupid, but it isn't because you're starting your day off pleasantly. You're starting your day off positively. You know, I'll, I'll play something silly. I'll play like the silly walk from the Monty Python TV show. I'll, I'll play something <laughs> funny on the radio or something I have. I only have positivity on my phone. I have no negativity. When a negative thing happens, I just simply go, that's it. Now, here's the question I have, another one here. So you're trying to be positive. You want to be positive. And I totally got it. Some people you might have known your whole life are part of holding you back. How do you, that's very sensitive and that's very difficult because we might define them as our best friends, but our best friends could be our worst enemies for ourselves. So how do you tell somebody to detach from somebody you might have known, whether it's a marriage or whether it doesn't matter what it is, how do you detach from that relationship that's holding you back? 
It is a very difficult, especially the closer they are within your inner circle. There's no question about it. Um, I don't. I don't want to uh, minimize the challenge that this um, projects. However, you have to set boundaries. So there's just certain people you can't completely eliminate from your life. In, in my opinion, in a sense, okay, if it, if it's a spouse and it's obvious that this relationship not reconcilable that's a different story but if it's your mother you know what i mean or your father and like i said you know i have tough relationships with them both they're still my mother and father right and i'm not going to turn my back on them i forgave them so on and so forth but what i did because my mom was always was a pretty negative individual and what i found is once i went away to college and i wasn't under her roof i began to take notice of a lack of negativity in my life because she was no longer fueling it. Ooh. And I liked that. And then I would go home on breaks and I'd be around and like, this sucks. <laughs> why, 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 why can't I go back to school? Yeah. Right. And then, and then my wife, and thank God she lived halfway around the country and we moved there. And so now we'd go visit once or twice a year. And the more I would go back and interact, it's like, this is not for me. I can't do this. And I don't want my family around this. So I had a conversation with her and I simply said, mom, you know, I love you. But when you start to talk about X, Y, A, B, C, our conversation's over. If you want to talk about this, that, and the other thing, we're good. But I'm not going back and rehashing 30 years ago. I'm not talking about Aunt Bertha, whatever, right? <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. I'm not engaging. And so, so she, she got a little miffed. And end of that conversation, we would talk every Sunday. I call her the following Sunday. And she tested me. And I said, Mom, we're going to change the conversation. She goes, no. I said, conversation, no, I'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Well, after that, it never happened again. Because she tested me just like a child would test a parent, right? Just happened to be the roles yeah, yeah. Were reversed in the situation, right? And, and I stood by my ground. I created the boundary. What was acceptable wasn't acceptable. I want to have a relationship with you under these terms. I'm not doing it under your terms as it relates to if it's not healthy for me. And for me, that's the, the most effective tool when you have to create barriers and limits for toxic people in your life that you don't want to push out of your life forever. And, and it, you, you, you hit it on so many different levels, you know, limit your time. If it's mm -hmm. a family member, limit your time, make the boundaries. One of the things I have found to take the toxicity out of a disagreement and no matter what I do, I try to, I don't want to evade. I, I don't like preaching. I'd rather be at peace than be, 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 uh, be preaching to somebody or try to be right. I don't want to be right. I really don't want to be wrong. I don't even want to have certain conversations. But when those things come up, I, I say, you know what? I love you, but I really, I don't want that in my life or I want it in my consciousness, whatever you want to phrase it. And I found that when yeah. you say, I love you, when you mean it, not, you're not saying going, yeah, I love you. You know, you say, I mean, you really mean it. That whole thing is gone. It just disappears. And you're right. She's testing you, but she was also testing herself and realized that you can no longer ha be that kind of sponge or that trampoline to be able to dump this, this garbage on and Sometimes people fight it and sometimes they come back, oh, mom, it's like, okay, never mind, honey, love you, bye. So it's okay because the mind's powerful, people are powerful, they realize it and you, and you just move on. You, you, you learn how to do it. We, we can end up talking about this stuff for 
for hours on end. We're probably going to have to have another show on this because what you do and, and how you do it is is so much, we're so connected in our frequency. And that's why, again, I said it before, I'll say it again. I love this show. I love how it's consciously communicating. I love, uh, I just hit my 60th episode and I'm like, I, I keep getting more people wanting to be on. I'm, 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 I'm doing different things to be able to to change the show a little bit and enter some of the musical soul that I have into to some of my monologue episodes in the future and and, and changing who, who, who I'm talking to and, and creating relationships and things and seeing what happens. Because to me, this is an opportunity to meet people. This is an opportunity to have a cup of coffee and talk about stuff. I, it, there, there's no, I never usually get to most of, not all my questions, I usually don't get to any of them because we go off in a very, psycho, I don't say psychological, but more of a spiritual manner. And I love that because I think that I know that's what people want to hear. I know that I, I want to hear it. And that's the people that are the listeners to this. Before we go and we sign off, what, what could be, you've said a lot of good ones, a lot of gems, but what would be a positive aphorism that you could leave the audience with before we end our talk? So uh, two quick. First is, as we approach the holiday season, we're going to be visiting with friends and family. Maybe I haven't seen in a while. Maybe we have some of these challenges in our relationship with them. And I'll leave this note here is that it's very difficult sometimes to, you know, we want to be right and we want to be kind, but oftentimes that's divergent. <laughs> and so what, I, so what I say is, right, is it better to be right or kind? Because you can be right and just ruin the day. Or you can be kind, right, and make the day even better. Yes. So it's something really to think about. But I'll leave you with this. You know, our universe is simply really an infinite ocean of energy. And there isn't anywhere that energy doesn't exist. And we tap into that. We are truly creation machines by tapping into this energy. How do we do that? By the energy we put out that gets reflected back to us. We have everything we need to create the reality we want if, right, we get connected to our passions, we're clear on what we want, and we match it with the right emotion and energy. And that's, to me, that's what it's all about. That's what I love teaching. And you now it's much more advanced beyond that, but if your artists can take that away, I think it'll really serve them in a very positive way. Well, no, I like, I like that. I like the thing with the kind or being right. I mean, it's all the same stuff. I'd rather, I'd rather be kind because you're... <laughs> You'd be right. You could be ruining a lot of people's day or, or, sure. or week. Jay, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Philip. I enjoy it. Thank you very much. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts and not the thoughts you are thinking. That is what is called conscious communication. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.